back into uh, God will turn it around and uh, in the midst of this I believe if you're in the midst of a, a struggle today um, lean into God he wants to turn your situation around he wants to do something today in you and uh, uh, let's just worship him let's release what he's trying to do inside of you today hallelujah Jesus thank you
but sometimes that feels a little too drastic to apply to what you're going through. Like, if you are arguing with your spouse all the time, you don't need to turn and go the other direction and walk away from them. You need God to turn the situation around, and you need him to work redemption. And God is in the business of redemption. Amen. There is sin, and there is sickness, and there is hurt in the world. We know this. We experience it every day. God knew this was going to happen, and so built into his character is redemption. He will take whatever situation is less than perfect, and he will redeem it, and he will make it better. So if, if turning 180 feels too drastic for your situation, think of a situation, th- think of it in terms of God's going to redeem whatever it is that you're walking through. He's going to make it better because his plan is for our good. That doesn't always mean it's going to feel good, but it's going to be good. So God is going to take whatever situation it is that you're walking through, whatever has happened to you, whatever you've done to yourself, and he is going to insert himself and bring about a plan that is for your good. And he's going to move the mountains, and he's going to pursue you, and he's not going to let you walk away because he made you and he cares about you. And and that applies to people that aren't in this room. That applies to the people that you're standing there praying about, that you're saying, okay, God, turn that situation around. That needs a 180 because they're walking away from you. God is going to keep running after them even as they're running and walking away. God will chase after them, and he will continue to pursue whatever situation that you're walking through um, that, that isn't good that isn't to his standard of good and he's going to keep allowing, he's going to keep prompting the Holy Spirit to prompt you to keep turning it over to him so that he can redeem that situation. There's nothing too small. There's nothing too big. We, You know, I feel like it's often that we say there's nothing too big for God but then we forget about the small. Things that we want to say are insignificant or that we think aren't worth minute prayer about. He cares about the small things too. There's nothing that goes beyond his notice. So be willing to allow him to come into your situation and to turn something around for his good and for your good. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you. He is moving mountains. Let's go.
Thank you, Lord. Tia, thank you for stepping out and sharing that. Um, redemption. You know, God wants to not only redeem us from hell, but redeem our situations. You know, the, the things that we've gotten in the midst of. And uh, what, a, what a great um, insight into that. And so, praise you. Hallelujah. Praise God. You can be seated this morning. That is a perfect transition into uh, the message today. Um, you know, one of the challenges I think that we all face in, in our faith and our Christian walk is the ability to hear well. To hear the Spirit of God move and uh, hear what God is saying to us. Um, they have talked about, you know, children struggling with selective hearing and, and spouses, and I'm not going to name one specific one over the other. Um, you can fill in wherever you need to on those areas with selective hearing. Um, we hear what we want to hear, right? We listen when we want to listen. And... Um, That same relationship applies to God. It really does. As we are, as we're looking at um, what God has called us to, He's called us to, to listen to His voice, to hear Him speak to us. And yet, we struggle. Um, <laughs> I have known um, believers that have been walking with God for 10, 20, 30 years that still struggle with this, this thought process of hearing what God the Father is saying to them. And, and I'd like to tell you that it gets easier the longer you walk with Him. But here's the truth. It doesn't get easier. It takes more work. The more noises that, that develop around us, the more we have to focus on listening to God. Hearing His voice. And there are times we do it well as believers. And there are times we stink. You know, it just, there's no candy coating it. There are times that we just, we miss everything that God has said to us. Um, I, and being honest with you, there have been definite times that I have missed God's voice in a situation where he wanted me to do something to say something to be present for someone and and that's sad as a as a pastor to know that you've missed God at times um, there have been times in the midst of uh, you know coming to the end of a message and I'm thinking you know there were several times that you know I may have felt God leading to go a different direction and because I am a guy that goes by the script many times of what I've already <laughs> researched with God. You know, is there anybody else like that? When you feel like you've heard from God, you stay pretty true to what you've heard. Um, that is me. You know, today is, uh, is one where I have few pages of notes. 
because it's, it's a process of hearing from God. There are seven times in the Gospels where Jesus says, He that hath an ear, let him hear. Seven times. Eight if you count Mark 4.23. It's a slight variation. There are seven times just in the book of Revelation that, that he says, He that hath an ear, let him hear. For those of you that don't speak King James, he that has an ear. It's not a huge jump. But he is instructing us to listen. It's as if he's saying, pay attention now. This part is not optional. Now, if Jesus is speaking, a lot of times we like to think that we pay attention to those things. And um, for us, most of us that have you know, the older Bibles, you know, you know, they have red letter editions. How many have ever had a red letter edition? And, and what's the red letter edition about? The words of Jesus. It's like we're, we're here in the United States. We're saying, let's make this really clear. When Jesus is speaking, let's really pay attention to this. Not like we shouldn't pay attention to the entirety of God's Word. Because all of it is beneficial for reproof and correction. Guidance in, in living a life that directs us to a place of being in right standing with God which is where we all want to be. If, if we truly want to live a life that is pleasing to God, we must learn to pay attention to the words that He has shared with us to do. In our society, we pay attention to the laws, for the most part, the laws of the land. We know that if we are driving faster than we should on roads and an officer of the law catches us, they're going to give us a ticket. Now, there are those that I know that will try to talk themselves out of that ticket, even recognizing their own guilt. <laughs> They'll say, well, do you know why I stopped you? Because I think that's always a great question that the officer asks when they pull you. Do you know why I stopped you? And, and, and I always find it funny to hear people say, well, no, I have no idea. I, I recognize that I was driving 70 in this 35, but I don't know why you're stopping me. Now, sometimes we hope it's not for our speeding. We hope, well, maybe I just have a light out. Maybe this is one of those times that I've read about that this officer wants to pull me over and say, hey, I just noticed how careful you were driving and just wanted to tell you, good job. Good. That, that's what we hope in those moments. We, we, we pray for an officer of the law that will be generous in grace and compassion in those moments. It doesn't happen that way normally. Because when we break the law, there's a consequence, right? God has given us the Word of God to clearly lay out for us how to live a life that is pleasing to Him. And to even make it more significant, God sent His Son to communicate some very specific words to us because we weren't doing well with the other instruction. 
And this, this instruction to, was meant to pinpoint some very specific things about how to live a life of grace and mercy and redemption. Because when the previous portion of the Scriptures was given to us, it was a Scripture that was based upon living by the law of the land. And, and Jesus came to say, listen, I recognize that it, there is a struggle living by the law. So I'm going to give you a new, a new way to live. I'm going to give you um, grace and mercy and redemption. And I'm thankful for that. I need that every day. Mark 4, 24 and 25 says, Consider carefully what you hear. He continued. With the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. And even more, whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. With the measure you use, the time and the effort in study... The, the amount of energy you put into what has been given to you, it will be measured to you, level of comprehension. If you put more energy and effort into the study of God's Word to show yourself approved, a, a workman worthy of His time, if you put more effort into that piece of it, your level of understanding will increase, which is what we want. As a believer, we want to increase in knowledge and understanding because with more knowledge and understanding, um, we have more ability to live the way God has called us to live. And that's that's really, I think, all of our desire is to to come to a place where we know the will of the father and we walk it out every day and we are found pleasing in his sight. But in each one of the cases listed in the Scripture, those being addressed are offered a clear choice for those of you filling in your blanks. A clear choice. Consequences are foretold. And a commandment to understand is given. This commandment is you need to understand what I am saying to you. If an officer of the law comes and pulls you over and, and they say, hey, I, I uh, caught you doing this and they, they start rattling off the, all these laws, these, vi these codes that you broke. And you're going to be sitting there thinking, I don't know what you just said to me. Um, can you say it different? Can you help me understand what you just said? Because I, I want to understand where, where I deviated from the truth, where I, where I broke the law. I want to understand. Can you help me understand? Because the commandment to understand is, is directed towards us. <laughs> if, you, if we don't understand something, we have the responsibility to ask more questions, to dig deeper into something, so that we can understand. When I got married to Nancy, there were a lot of things that I understood about Nancy. And yet, there are a lot of things that I didn't know. Now, if Nancy just started rattling off 
in our early days of marriage all the different truths about who Nancy was. Do you, how, much, how many of you thought, think I would have listened to every piece of it and took note of all of it? No. Not that I wouldn't have been interested in that knowledge, but let's be honest, I was more excited about being married at that moment than truly understanding the situation. So the, the longer into this journey we are, the more it's my responsibility to understand my wife. I must want it. If I don't want to understand her, and I say, well, that's your, that's your issue. That's all up to you. Our marriage is going to come to a point of challenge. Because she can only go so far if I don't want to understand more. That relationship between her and I is, is, the, is the modern day understanding that we have of our relationship with our Heavenly Father. It is what, what I model with her is what I deal with with my Heavenly Father. And if I don't want to understand God more, if I don't dig into the things that He has written in His Word, it, it will be difficult for me to truly understand Him because the truth is, the way that God speaks to us today in the church is through His Word. And if I don't dig into the Word to know Him better, the odds of me knowing Him better are challenged. We, we can know some things by emotional experience. But that level of knowledge only goes so far we need to know the truth of some of these pieces. There was a song years ago that was released by Mercy Me um, titled, Word of God Speak. And, and I'm going to read the words to you today because it will benefit you to, for me not to sing it, even though Elaine gave us such a great encouragement. But I believe me speaking will be just as beneficial for my well-being and yours. So I'm finding myself at a loss for words, and the funny thing is, it's okay. The last thing I need is to be heard, but to hear what you would say. Word of God speak, would you pour down like rain, washing my eyes to see your majesty, to be still and know that you're in this place. Please let me stay and rest in your holiness. There are days like when we were worshiping today that it's like, I don't want this to end. It's like, can we just, can we linger here for a lot longer? Have, have any of you had those days where it's like you're in the middle of a worship moment, you know you have something else on the agenda, the last thing you want to do is quit because you're in this place of holiness and it's like, God, just let me stay here for the rest of the year. <laughs> I really don't need to do anything else. This is good. Let me stay and rest in your holiness. Word of God speak. I'm finding myself in the midst of you, beyond the music, beyond the noise. 
All that I need is to be with you and in the quiet hear your voice. Word of God speak, would you pour down like rain, washing my eyes to see your majesty, to be still and know that you're in this place. Please let me stay and rest in your holiness. Word of God speak, would you pour down like rain, washing my eyes to see your majesty, to be still and know that you're in this place. This place, please let me stay and rest in your holiness. I'm finding myself at a loss for words. And the funny thing is, it's okay. I believe one of the things that each of us needs to pursue on a daily basis is this this passion, this drive to hear the voice of God in our lives. Because I will be the first to say that The challenges that we face today are ever increasing in the presence and the pressure of the enemy all around us who wants to defeat us. Scripture is clear that the enemy roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That he is seeking individuals that are not in the midst of that holy place. That, that are not in the midst of that place, that they are hearing the voice of the Father and they are vulnerable to an attack. We need to press in to hear the voice of the Father. Have you ever noticed that we have two ears and only one mouth? What do you think God was trying to say to us? We were designed on purpose, right? We're not by accident. And if God gave us two ears and only one mouth, what should be the first concept that should be truth about who we are? Speak up. I I don't hear, you know, I don't do well reading lips. I need vocal. Listen what? Listen more, speak less. How many of us have found times in our prayer that we spend, we say we spend 30 minutes in prayer and the only thing we did was talk for 30 minutes? Is that really spending 30 minutes in prayer? Or is that 30 minutes listing off our things that we want God to do? And yet we never stop to hear His voice. We never stop to hear his response to us about what we're doing. God is thinking, hey, if you will be quiet for five minutes, I might be able to respond. It's like those people that come up to you and say, hey, how you're doing? And before you open your mouth, they're on to the next person. That's how we approach God. Now, we may not think that is how we do it but let me be honest if you don't spend time intentionally listening when we talk to God if there is not a period of time and it it is not a dictated amount of time because it may be five minutes and you hear God and it may be 30 minutes or it may be an hour are you willing to sit and listen I'm going to tell on myself okay Listening is not my best 
skill set. Okay? I am a driven individual. I am always about doing, right? I'm, I'm wanting to accomplish something. And, and so as people are sharing their stories with me, I want them to get to the punchline. Right? <laughs> Even if it's not a joke, get... I, I'm like that detective. Just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts. You know, I just want them to hurry up and get to the thing that you need me to fix. I'm just being honest about myself. I'm a fixer. <laughs> That's right. This is my support group right now. Um, I like fixing problems. If it's a problem, I believe there's always a simple fix. And I want to find it. I don't want to linger around in the midst of someone's pain and sorrow. I want to fix the problem. If my vehicle is not acting right, I'm not going to drive it constantly. I'm going to take it to the mechanic and say, hey, um, my vehicle has got this issue. I need you to fix it. What do you want to know what it is? I don't care what it is. I really don't. I just want it fixed. My vehicle needs to run smoothly for me to accomplish. I don't care what it is going on in the vehicle. Just fix it. There are times I approach life that way. Listen, I don't know what's causing your pain, but fix it. Now, I'm not telling you it's a good way to live, okay? Hear me. And I don't talk like to, that to people, but I'm just telling you internally what's going on. I, I've, been, I've learned enough to know that I don't say everything that I think or feel. But that doesn't mean that I, when someone's sharing with me their problem, and it may be the 10th or 15th time I've heard it, I'm thinking, yeah, I, I know what you could do right now. And, and I want to reach out and touch them, right? <laughs> to help them move to the, prop, the portion of being the, having this thing fixed. And there are times I've approached God that way. Because I know better about how to fix this, right? <laughs> I, I can see this moment. I can't see tomorrow. I can't even see what I'm going to have for lunch. I don't know. I haven't even thought that far ahead. And yet, I'm praying to God who knows all things. He knows everything. Yesterday, tomorrow, 10 years, He knows it all. And He can see it in a moment. Why wouldn't I spend more time listening to God and wait until I hear? Wait until I hear. So that is part of the challenge that I come to you today is this need to hear. It's, it's deeper than really even listening, sitting down and listening. It's hearing what God is actually saying. Matthew 13, 13 says, this is why I speak to them in parables, because he was struggling because they weren't listening. Because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, 
nor do they understand. So Jesus came about it in a different way, talking in parables, because it made people think. So today I come to you not in a parable, but I'm going to give you some exercises that we're going to actually do right here. And here to show you the benefit of this moment, I am taking my watch off so that I don't even look at it because otherwise I will dictate when we end. And Elaine asks us all the time, why, why didn't we ever hang a clock back up in the back of the sanctuary? Because I don't need the distraction. And neither do you. You need to have a willingness to listen, to hear what God is saying. So today our exercise is this. I've given you several passages of Scripture. We're not going to put music on. We're going to have some silent time. Because that is the one thing that makes many of us uncomfortable, is silence. Now if you don't have a, one of the sheets of paper, um, Anthony, would you go out there and get the extra handouts? We want to make sure everybody has one. And uh, if you don't have one, um, you're going to raise your hand when Anthony comes back. You can raise it now, but Anthony's not back in the room yet, so then you just be holding it there. But uh, I want you to have a handout because you're going to write. There's a space for you to write. I'm not asking for a, a deep-seated paragraph. It can be very simple. And I'm not asking you to write down what God is saying to the church. I'm not asking you for a message for the pastor. Don't write these for me. Okay? I want you to write a message, write a response on what God is saying to you personally that He wants you to, to deal with regarding these verses. They are all over the 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 area of the scriptures and they cover lots of different topics but I believe they are pertinent to who we are today and where we're going. So I'm going to read them out loud and then I'm going to give you some time to pray and seek God. Romans 8:28. And we know that all things I think I left out a word there. Um, we in all we know that in all nope, it's right. I just have to read it correctly. Uh, we know that in all in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. John 14.6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Proverbs 3.5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And then our last verse is Matthew 9.37 and 38. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few, so pray the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. What do you hear? Seek God. Respond. Let's just take some time. In a little bit, I will figure out when God is saying it's time, and we're going to close. If some of you want to share some of the things that God has spoken to you, we will give you an opportunity to do so. But let's respond to the Father.
How many of you have this made uncomfortable? I'm going to share just my response to Romans 8.28. Um, just to, to give you insight sometimes into how God speaks to us when we lean into His Word. So knowing all things work together for the good of those who love Him who have been called according to His purpose, the thing that I kept hearing God tell me was um, all the things that I can't control right now will continue to work towards God's good purpose. I need to stop trying to control everything. I need to let Him focus on the things that He's doing. You know, we're called to walk by faith, and yet we want to control everything that could possibly happen. And sometimes we just need to trust God in the process. Is there someone else that feels led that they'd like to share something from their, their seeking? Let me get a mic so everybody can hear. And our people on Facebook are probably thinking, what in the world's happening? It's just been so quiet. All righty. Matt, will you come and get this? Run that out there. Thank you. As I sat here and listened, um, I'm always amazed that he, he asks me questions in the midst of that time. So the first question he asked under the Romans 8.28 was, do you love me? Mm. To which I'm often just kind of taken aback, you know? Yeah, yeah I've, I've given my life in your service. So then he said, then I will work things out according to my purpose. Oh, okay. Like sometimes I think I'm supposed to do all of the things, mm -hmm. whatever that is. And today it was just like him saying, this, this is my gig. I don't know why you keep taking my gig. Yeah. And the second one he said, so how do you receive strength? And he said, I give it. I offer it to you. I give it to you. Mm. You just have the choice as to whether you're going to take it or yeah. not. Wow. That's powerful. And the third one, he said, I'm the only way to the Father. If you want to know why that's important, then spend time with me. Mm. And I think, how many times have I said that verse? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes into the Father except through him. Like, like that was my declaration of some 
spiritual principal that whoever I was pointing my finger and threw back. And he's saying, hey, I know my place. I am the only way to get to God the Father. And if you want to have any understanding of why that is significant, then you have to hang out with me. Mm -hmm. Because when you hang out with me, you start to understand that relationship that I have with the Father. The Proverbs 3, I've probably quoted my whole life, but today he said, has your own understanding been questionable in the past? <laughs> what, am I, is this slap Nancy day? Like, really? Thanks, God. And he was like, stop. Tune into my voice. Trust that I have a good plan. Yeah, you've given me your life. But you keep trying to direct it all the time because that's part of my personality. But his thing is, just stop and listen. Tune into my voice and trust that I have a good plan. And the last one, um, he said, I prepare workers. I prepare the harvest, not you. Pray and ask me to send more into my own fields. Mm. That's good. Thank you, Nancy. There's someone else that want to share what God spoke to you about things in your own life there? I know it's a vulnerable piece to share that, but right, we're going to get you on the microphone, Miss Elaine. <laughs> I know you think everybody can hear you, but we want to make sure. It all boils down to seeking him first mm -hmm. before you act. Yeah. All right. Miss Ruth, thank you for sharing. has been leading our family, but especially me, on an interesting journey to walk with him, trust him. Um, so, in Romans 8, 28, and we know all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called to his purpose. So, he has called me to a specific purpose, and and that is worship. Worship prepares the way for his will to be done on earth. And as I spend time worshiping him and doing what he has called me to do, he will work everything out um, for my good. So if I didn't think I had time and I had to do something else, he's going to work that out. Um, so Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He prepares me and is equipping me for the purpose that he's called me to. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Just to know that my relationship with Jesus allows me to know the Father, the Alpha, the Omega, the ultimate Father, 
not just God, the real one, and his purpose for me. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. I don't have to understand how this works, his purpose. I just need to take part in what he's asked me to do. Matthew 9, 37 and 38, he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest, asking to send more workers into his field. The Lord needs prayers, praisers, worshipers, people to declare him and his grace, his mercy, and his goodness. We are his hands and feet. Amen. Amen. Thank you for sharing, Ruth. Okay, time for one more. If you raise a hand, you know, I'm going to call you, even if you're scratching your eye, you know, I'm just kidding. Sorry, Anthony. All right. Tia? All right, wait for Matthew, because right now you're just moving your lips. Um, so uh, I kind of follow up a lane that, that um, for, for mine, that it really all came down to taking time to be with him um, and <clears throat> to really carve out time um, to soak in his presence. Um, I, um, this year I've been reading through the message, which um, can make it really difficult in a corporate setting to figure out where someone is because it's in a paraphrase and in paragraph form. Um, but then with this exercise, it actually was kind of helpful because you got to see a little bit more of what was being um, talked about rather than just the, just the single verse. Um, and then with Roman, no, Philippians 4.13, it actually kind of phrased it a little bit differently. Um, it said, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. Um, and from there, the Lord brought to mind um, the passage uh, where the, the disciples were trying to cast out the demons um, in the child, but they couldn't do it. And he said, this kind of evil can only be fought through pray prayer and fasting, which um, will lead you to, to believe that there's more power when you spend more time in his presence. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like he was saying that the battle that you are about to walk into or the battles that are ahead of you, you can either choose to be, to make it through, or you can choose to be really effective. But to be really effective, you have to, in this time of peace, be intentional about spending time and soaking in his, soaking in his rays, kind of like lounging in the sun, um, and soaking in um, what he has of his character that he wants to impart to you and the power and the revelation and the mystery um, that will never run dry. You just have to spend more time. And in doing that and in creating that time that has been carved out, you will be more effective in the situations that come up against you. <clears throat> and then it just kept um, reemphasizing that 
Um, no one gets to the Father apart from me. So you have to know him or you won't know him. <laughs> um, and <clears throat> um, yeah, I, I guess that will have a profound effect on the outcome of the situations of your life. I'm just going to, just rolling off of that, um, if you are interested in doing some research into prayer life stuff, I encourage you to look up George Mueller. Um, there's George Mueller? Mueller. Mueller. Yes, sorry. No, Mueller. Um, he just had a, he had a different lifestyle than what I would see common today. And so it is very fun to look at history of people who had a rocking faith life, uh, you know, prayer life. Yeah. Good. So this, this exercise is meant to give us insight in how we can, every day when we come to God in our time of prayer, start with the Word, and then see what God wants to speak to you about your life regarding that piece that you've read. I'll be honest, he may not have something about every single scripture you read. But he actually may have more to say than you actually give him time to say because you actually ask him, what are his thoughts? What are his thoughts? Um, I'll share one last piece from mine, John 14, 6 there. And, you know, I know that he is the way. And he told me today that I have to remember that. It's, I am not the key to what God is doing. <laughs> you know, he is the one that's the key. You know, I approach it like I am the catalytic moment. You know, I am, <laughs> I am what's going to release God to do something amazing. And it's like, I may have a part, but let's be honest, there is no key involved here. It's God's going to show up when he wants to show up, and he shows up when his people seek him. And when you have a corporate group of people seeking him at the same time, there is a magnified presence. So my challenge for you is to to use your ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to you this week. Not just this week, but let's make it a practice to do it every day for the rest of our lives. That's it. Nothing major, just every day for the rest of your life. Not just every day, every hour, every second. Because you don't want to, if there's one thing you never want to miss, is God speaking. It's like someone calling for going to get ice cream. I'm not going to miss that. Let's be honest. If, they all, if, they, if I hear someone screaming, hey, do you want to go get ice cream? Somehow I hear that. Doesn't matter where I am or what I'm doing, I'm going to hear that moment. I should be just as focused towards God. Hearing His voice. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to hear your voice today in this corporate setting. Thank you for those that have shared 
their vulnerable moments of how you spoke to them today. May it challenge us, may it um, move us to a different place of living. And I pray your blessing on us. I pray your blessing on the things that you're going to do in and through us this week. I also pray a blessing on our offering today. I thank you for the opportunity to give, to participate in the giving. And I thank you for all that is getting done in your house. And so today, just pray a blessing on it. Each giver, each gift. We ask for this in your name. Amen. Our usher is going to come through and pass the offering plates. If, if you were paying attention when you came in, you should have noticed that the lower lot, you can go, we've already prayed, so you're released. Unless you just like staring at me, then you can keep that up. But if you came in, you noticed our lower lot was done, so that is, praise God, we've got another element taken care of there. And uh, Lord's willing, um, the sign this week, uh, Ryan, uh, Ryan, thank you. Ryan, Ryan has been doing a, a good part of work, and he doesn't like me to call him out on that, but uh, he's been helping us get this sign um, ready to be installed this week, and uh, I appreciate him greatly. Um, but um, the plan right now is that it's going to be installed this week, so pray that that's still God's plan. Um, so, you know, we're, we're tied to um, our contractor on some of that, that it gets done, but uh, that is the plan that was communicated to us. So, Lord willing, when you come in next week uh, or come through this week, um, we'll have a new sign up. So, all right. Um, thank you for all you do. Remember our men's day last uh, Sunday of the month there. We're going to be gathering downstairs in the fellowship hall. Um, time of uh, cards and food. And uh, if you're part of the fantasy football draft, you can show up at the earlier time or you can show up any time you want to show up and just and hang out and eat with us. So, uh, we're looking forward to a good time of as men hanging together. So, all right. God bless you. Love on one another. And uh, you're released. <laughs>